Hello, everybody. Welcome out to Peekappy Podcast. Look at me cranking out multiple episodes in a weekend. This is, of course, a Pokemon anime podcast, uh, going through all sorts of nerdy breakdowns of the Pokemon anime we so love. Usually for all the right reasons, sometimes for all the wrong reasons, but it is a joy and a delight nonetheless. Today we're on Advanced Generation Episode 23, Gone Corfishin. And I was hoping that we'd get like some good Halloween spooky sort of vibes in this episode. Um, and we don't quite, unfortunately. I mean, there is Team Rocket, so there will be costumes. And there is a little bit of a mystery. But yeah, today would have been a good day for a ghost Pokemon to show up. But since Halloween is coming up, what do you guys think are the spookiest Pokemon episodes to date? Are there any Pokemon episodes or Pokemon moments, maybe maybe from a movie, that were legit kind of scary? Or, barring that, if you're not easily scared, what is your favorite appearance of a ghost-type Pokemon? In other news, for those of you following my Patreon, there should be another episode up, a discussion with PokePress on the ninth Pokemon movie ending themes, the English ending theme, Together We Make a Promise, and the Japanese ending theme, Mamoru Bekimono, which translates most commonly as a thing to be protected. They're both interesting songs, and the score of that movie in general is pretty different and unique in the lexicon of Pokemon movies that we'd talked about so far. So definitely head on over to patreon.com slash professional dork to, to find more info on that. Those subscribing for a dollar get that episode along with other special content including an episode that Steven and I are sitting down to record this weekend. We're going to talk about underrated Pokemon songs. And by the time this episode drops, you may not have much time to get your comments in, but certainly do anyway, even if we're not able to talk about it on that episode's recording. We'd love to hear from you and maybe discuss that in a future episode. Because there's a lot of underrated Pokemon music, and the three of us picking our favorites is not going to cover all of it. You can find me, as I said, on patreon.com slash professional dork, or you can find Steven on YouTube at PokePress or at pokepress.blogspot.com. And with PokePress, you can discover all sorts of different aspects of the Pokemon world that are not covered by this podcast, uh, which focuses primarily on what happens in the actual episode of the anime and less on the making of it or the games, the production or the fandom surrounding this franchise. So when you finish this episode and you want to just go down the Pokemon fandom rabbit hole, you should head on over to PokePress. 
and follow their coverage of everyone's real-life Pokémon journey. For now, though, we are talking about Ash's journey, and to a lesser degree, the journey of Team Rocket. Um, And they start this day off full of gusto. Episode 23 opens, and Team Rocket is ready to go, and they're going to catch Pikachu. They are pumped up and amped. Um, At least two-thirds of Team Rocket is. Jesse would rather kick back on the beach. And that might be Team Rocket's problem these days. Like, when we first met them, they were legit villains and and effective at the job of stealing and terrorizing Kanto and fully united in that goal. But when the three of them, the three drivers, are not in sync, they are hopeless. And lately it's been, like, two of them raring to go and then James will be like, no, the whole traps are stupid. Or Jesse will be like, I got my own agenda today. Or Meowth will be like, would you numbskulls put down the costume trunk and get focused? <laughs> like James will have a, a, an emotional crisis of conscience or want to battle Ash fair and square or whatever. And Meowth will want to stab Ash in the back. And Jesse will be like, I'm just not feeling it today. Like, this might be one of Team Rocket's core problems. Because <laughs> it's not like they're not capable. We've seen it time and time again. Like. They are very capable of getting things done when they, like, actually apply themselves properly. They're even capable of getting evil things done. And even the act of stealing Pikachu, as much as we make fun of how they basically put their life on hold to tail this one kid, they've even managed to prove to Giovanni that that was not a waste of time. That racks up some pretty big points in their favor, but it's but when all three of those gears are not working together for the greater good of the machine, the Team Rocket just falls apart. Anyway, today Wobbuffet is on Jesse's side on the let's kick back and enjoy the sun, pull out the beach lounge chairs and umbrellas. And James and Meowth are furious. They're like, staff meeting right now. This operation needs an overhaul. And an overhaul they get. An unknown force torpedoes towards the beach and sends Team Rocket blasting off before they even know what happened. And it's a real shock to them. Like, we haven't even met the twerps yet. Why are we blasting off? Come on. Speaking of the twerps, Ash and Pikachu are having a similar start to their day uh, to James and Meowth. They're just like, all right, it's morning. Another chance to train. (laughs) And Ash leads his team in morning meditation. Just calm down and... Feel the press of the waves. Visualize your opponents. Focus. Kumbaya. (laughs) And Ash is just like, I know this is kind of weird, guys, but I swear it's going to (laughs) help. I now have this idea of Ash finding weird training and health tips online and coming back to the team like, okay, guys, for the next week, we're drinking nothing but kale smoothies and running barefoot. And all the Pokemon are just like, oh, my gosh, Ash, like, Pikachu, can't you do something about him? And all this training, while it looks like nothing to May, does seem to get Ash out of laundry duty. I'd be interested to know if these kids have a chore chart. And who does what, and who definitely does not do what. (laughs) There is an episode in Sun and Moon that suggests to me that Ash should have done more laundry in his life before then, but (laughs) could have helped him. But when May and Max complain about Ash getting off scot-free, Brock just smiles and says, Ah, you young ones, one day you'll learn training isn't always about Pokemon. Hmm... 
While we think about that, Ash and the team continue to sit in quiet focus and try to dodge waves at the last second and whatever other crazy things Ash has got planned. The progress is kind of slow. And May offers teasing and snarking from the peanut gallery to the point that Ash kind of snaps, like, you know, it's not like contests are easy. Maybe you should lift a finger and train your Pokemon. Which, as far as comebacks go, is is unique. Not like, well, battles are harder than contests. I'm better than you, so... Like, your job is equally hard. Why aren't you working? Well, May does feel prepared for her first real Pokemon contest. Of course, she's got a, a warped view of what contests are. She thinks contests are just about showing off a Pokemon's coolness and looks, and her Wurple's adorable, so... All that matters is practicing how the Pokemon comes out of their Pokeballs. Um, so that's really all she did. And ignoring the fundamental problem with this assumption, um, when May demonstrates, she proves she doesn't even really have that down. Or rather, she does, but her Pokemon are easily distracted. And the routine that May has planned, while she's rehearsed it a bit, it's not in full compliance with contest rules, like, she can't send out two Pokemon at once, and her dance moves are kind of upstaging her Pokemon, which isn't illegal, but the judges aren't going to like it. And, you know, all kind of stuff like that that May should have known if she'd ever cracked open a rule book. And, and there's something very human and realistic about May, because I know a lot of kids who've acted like this about even, like, their legit dreams when they were young. Like, I was one of them myself as a young idiot person. Like, you say you want to do something, but that's not necessarily reflected in your work ethic. But it's also really frustrating, because even, you know, real life doesn't always make good TV. It's like, come on, May. This is something you want to do. Your passion, your dream. Put forth some effort. And I think some of it is just her nature. Like, as we saw in the first ten or so episodes, May likes to pretend everything's fine. Like, Everything is fine. Nothing's wrong. I'm exactly where I want to be, as good as I want to be. I'm on top of whatever. Even if the reality is that she hates training and doesn't like Pokemon and is desperately trying to avoid ever setting foot in a gym. She seems to have one of those personalities where it's like, if I never really try, I never have to fail. And that is still following her, even as she's found something in her life that she thinks is worth trying for. So she doesn't work as hard as she could, doesn't work on the stuff that needs more work, and definitely doesn't work as hard as Ash does, because Ash is trying his best and putting it all on the line, and Ash looks kind of dumb right now. Like, he's not seeing improvement, he lost the last major battle in a humiliating way, and at this time I don't think she's seeing a lot of rewards into giving your best sincerely. It seems to be a struggle for her to push herself and allow for that risk of failure and embarrassment, consciously or unconsciously. Um, but even now, you can see in her work ethic, she sunk her efforts into working on her choreography and stuff she can control, and, and knows she does well, but less on the actual training of the Pokémon, which she doesn't know much about how to do, and who are kind of ADD and she can't control. <laughs> Anyway, while the kids discuss May's preparation and why it's kind of the wrong approach, they notice that there's a huge rustling in their tent, a lot of commotion, which is 
Weird, because not a single one of them are in that tent, so what's happening? Well, they better figure it out fast, because now their tent is literally running away. They chase after it, and after the tent hits a tree, a burrowing tunnel emerges, and it slashes up the tent and destroys things, and then runs off. May and Wurmple do one of their first useful things all season, Stringshot, to stop this intruder thing, and it works. Wurmple's not able to reel the thing in on its own, but holds it long enough for Trico to get in there and help, and also the rest of the gang. And even with all of them, like, trying to hold on to Wurmple and the Stringshot, this thing burrowing in the ground is somehow stronger than all of them. Kids, didn't you reel in the Magikarp sub a few episodes back? Like, this should be nothing for you. But no, the kids are all dragged into the ocean. The culprit gets away. Everyone slogs out of the water and takes stock. The tent is torn and flattened. Their clothes are wet and mussy, so now everyone's stripped down to their underwear. And also, lunch is ruined. What Pokemon did this? A Diglett? Krabby? Aaron? Whatever it is, it'll be back, and Ash is going to catch it. And May's like, Ash, this is a terrible idea. Like, that thing wrecked us, aren't you scared? And Brock's like, sure, but whatever. <laughs> and like that, Ash's training is changed to find the mystery Pokemon. But Team Rocket almost found it first. They saw it tunneling on the beach, and revenge is enough to break Jessie's earlier attitude. And she might have even caught it if she didn't accidentally step on a napping Loudred. So Team Rocket checks out for Act 2. We watch them blast off and then get back to the twerps. They're laying out some traps. Um, they use food as bait and now they're huddled behind a fake bush in the dark. And the boys are really enjoying this. Like, especially Ash. He's like, this is great training. Even Brock and Max, though, like, they it's like they've built a special fort and are playing at being generals or something. Like, the enemy can come at any time. Like, some super intense game of capture the flag. May is decidedly not into this, but she's also too freaked out to sleep in the tent alone. She has no faith that the boys will actually catch the thing. And to be fair, it slashed up their tent pretty good. Like, that was kind of creepy. She is quickly making herself annoying, though. Like, they, the boys may push her off a cliff. But then something happens. Pikachu senses something on the air, and all of them hush. They still. Eyes darting around. Where is it? Where is it coming from? And seconds before impact, Ash hones in on this mystery Pokemon thing, coming up fast behind him. But like with training earlier, still a second too late, the thing smashes into the group of kids and, and the Pokemon and knocks them all off their feet. And then circles back for round two, because it's not giving up and neither are the twerps. Attacks are flying, kids are running, and Pikachu's Thunderbolt finally reveals something. This mystery Pokemon terrorizing the beach is something red with spikes. It's not enough for the kids to identify what was attacking them, but we, we might. I mean, the title kind of gives it away. Um, by morning, everyone is just wrecked. It's like, this is what happens, kids, when you don't stick to your bedtime. Mom and Dad are just looking out for you. And May's like, I am so done with camping, we are out of here. But she is outrageously outvoted by all the boys and most of the Pokemon. Like, they cannot leave here until this is solved, if not caught. 
and they know more than they did. They know the thing went for Pokemon food and maybe has a red horn, though Ash can't say for sure that it's a Pokemon. But he's determined to find out and starts quoting Pokemon Senryu. Possibly not one that was meant in seriousness, but good on Ash for paying attention. I mean, Max implied it might not be one of Professor Oak's necessarily, just one the professor liked, so... Ash can focus when he needs to, I guess. And definitely when it comes to applying lessons, because if you were worried we weren't getting enough Team Rocket represent in this episode, worry no longer, because Ash's strategy, the perfect strategy, the only strategy, is a classic hole trap. I know. Fortress uses rapid spin to dig a bunch of holes, like, these kids have also learned from Team Rocket to hedge their bets, don't rely on just the one. And it seems blasphemous to use a plan that's their enemy's signature move, but Ash just shrugs, like, it works, doesn't it? And Brock agrees with him, like, we've been unwittingly honing this strategy for years, trust us, we know a good hole trap when we see one. May and Max are not impressed, but it is not up to them. Night falls again. Uh, That moon actually moved in the sky, interesting. Anytime some nerd with a lot of time on their hands wants to go through this anime and calculate the phases of the moon to figure out how fast the planet rotates and what constitutes a year and all those other time-related-to-the-solar-system things, let me know what you find out. Just to let the Pokemon company know that, yes, its fanbase has that freaky attention to detail. And if they're listening, I'm sure we'll soon have an episode where they reveal that Arceus can just move the planets physically whenever the heck it wants, and therefore you can't trust the orbits of the Earth and Moon. But anyway, uh, the kids have disguised all the holes, they've laid out the Pokemon food for bait, and when this Pokemon arrives, they'll keep laying out more until it's lured into the nearest hole and trapped. And that's the plan, and it lures something. Swamp Thing. And its family. Four figures covered in seaweed emerge from the ocean and immediately start munching on the food. And the kids are pretty sure that's not what attacked them that last night, but whatever, this is weird too. They lay out more food, the sea creatures take the bait and fall into the trap. Where we discover it's actually Team Rocket. Ash is like, there's only three people on Earth who call me a twerp. And yep, Jesse, James, and Meowth. And also Wobbuffet. Good job, kids. Way to go. It's not the catch they were hoping for, but it is poetic justice. And of course, Team Rocket insists on doing their motto, and still, May and Max, not impressed. But while the general bickering is going down, the mysterious Pokemon arrives, and we discover a flaw in the whole plan. You see, the Pokemon knows Dig. It might stumble over a hole for a second, but can just burrow its way out again. And now it burrows into the hole and blasts off Team Rocket, then goes for the food. Ash has Pikachu quick attack the mound of moving sand, and now we have answers. Uh, The Pokemon is knocked free of the earth and is revealed to be a Corphish. The same one from a couple episodes ago that Ash tried to fish? I don't know, it was a different side of the island, but you never know. Ash seems to think so, or maybe he just recognizes that it's the same species. I'd like it if it was the same corefish, though, that it met Ash and has been following him around looking for a fight in case this human kid is maybe worth training under. 
but even if it's a different one, that's fine too. Uh, Corefish have aggressive territorial personalities, and this one has been barreling through everything that's a nuisance to it and knocking it out of the way. Thanks, Stephen, for suggesting this place. It's much better to disturb the Corefish than the Aeron. Clearly. Then again, it is Stephen. Water Pokemon are just not as cool and precious as rocks. But whatever. Ash is like, I want it. Corefish can dodge Pikachu's Thunderbolt and then deliver a killer bubble beam. It can stop Pikachu's Iron Tail, whack Ash in the face with his own Pokemon. <laughs> like, that did double damage there. It can dig and attack Pikachu from all angles, like they don't know where the next hit is coming from. Corefish, Corefish is a good battler, like no wonder Ash wants it on its team. And so now it's time to see if that special training earlier had any effect. But first, Ash is going to tag out Pikachu with Trico because after concussing its teammate, yeah, Pikachu needs a rest. And so does Ash, really, but the fight goes on. Trico comes out of its Pokeball. Ash tells it to stay right there. And Trico does. Closes its eyes and, and doesn't move. And the sun rises dramatically. They, they just stand there and force Corfish to make the next move. And it responds with Bubble Beam. Trico waits it out like it did the morning waves until just the right moment to counter. And then Ash basically puts Corfish through his own match with Brawly. Ash and Trico are, are cool and they go with the flow. They just react. And Corfish is the one getting impatient and losing its cool and making mistakes, allowing finally for Ash to catch it in the Pokeball. So, all right, good job. And of course, it is, it is not let go by, by May and Max that Ash is learning from his own crushing and humiliating defeats. But that is how you want life to go. You want to learn from your mistakes, not ignore them. So I don't know how Corfish's first battles with Ash will go. It, it didn't seem like a, a good listener, a little high tension maybe. But hey, we finally got another heavy hitter on this team besides Pikachu. That is good. And Ash is also making use of Trico and Talo's current other skills besides offense. Like, that is also great. Go team. They will be in a good place when they try Brawly again. And I love Corfish. I'm so glad it's on the team. Like, Corfish, like, we saw its angry side mostly today, but towards the end of the episode, we got a bit more of its fun-loving personality coming out. And, and Corfish is just a, a gas to have on the team. It will be loads of fun. And if you want to stay tuned for all that fun, you should continue to follow us at pcappypodcast.blogspot.com or we're on Facebook and Twitter at pcappypodcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Zoom, wherever you get your podcasts. They will deliver them to you via the magic of the internet. And you can also send emails to pcappypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to let me know your favorite spooky Pokemon episodes. Until next time, this has been Peek Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all! <laughs> <laughs>